And we're live. Welcome to episode one of Athletic Insights, which is a For Life Fitness production. My name is Zach Benson, and I'm a recent graduate of Bishops University with a concentration in athletic development. My last year at Bishops, I was lucky enough to be able to perform my own original research and be the strength and conditioning coach for the women's rugby team, which was really, really exciting for myself. My research was a deceptive feedback protocol for jump performance with female athletics. And since then, I've moved home to Brockville to grow the youth sports community. I'm joined here today with Corey Wilson, former hockey player and current coach, and Simon Mack, recent commit to Penn State University. How are you guys doing today? Good yourself. Pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. So a little bit about the podcast today, guys. We are trying to be a resource for youth sports, um, parents, coaches, and kids who are just looking for a little bit uh, a little bit more behind the scenes for um, elite athletics and what it might entail and what it really looks like when you take the mask and the glitter from Instagram away. So why don't we just, uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about how you got into hockey and youth sports in general. Uh, so myself, uh, I know growing up, uh, my dad used to watch hockey all the time and he used to play hockey himself. Uh, so I think just by habit, uh, I fell in love with the game. Uh, I still see pictures of myself uh, with hockey equipment on when I'm two or three years old, um, sleeping with hockey sticks, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I've always had a love for the game. Um, and then I also played uh, baseball, soccer, uh, box lacrosse as well. Um, up until the age of probably 12 or 13. I can't remember exactly, but um, then I just focused on hockey. Very cool. Yeah, that was my next question was going to be, when did you start? So you started skating when you were about two? Uh, I think around two or three. I'm right. not, I can't remember off the top of my head, okay. um, but I started playing hockey when I was four. Right. Like actual organized hockey when yep. I was four. Um, yeah. And Simon, what about you? How did you get into hockey and, and what other sports did you play growing up? Yeah, so um, my parents obviously put me in hockey when I was really young. Um, you know, I'm thinking like two, three years old. Um, my dad played hockey. They're my, Both my mom and my dad are from Athens, um, you know, just north of Brockville. So, And they were always surrounded by hockey growing up in their lives. So um, it was pretty natural for them to kind of put me in hockey as well. And at right. first, I, I was one of those kids that kind of like hated skating and kind of threw a tantrum as soon as I got on yeah. the ice. So, oh, me too. Um, you know, I eventually fell in love with it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I also played like baseball, um, basketball, volleyball type soccer, um, you know, in school and stuff. So, uh, I was one of those kids who kind of played like every different sport in school and, you know, outside of, outside of school, I played like baseball and, um, stuff like that soccer until, um, when I got to about grade seven, um, that's when I kind of, um, strictly focused on hockey. So, um, you know, that's where I kind of started taking it really seriously and focused on training in the summers instead of, you know, playing a different sport um, and kind of just like supplementing with, you know, playing sports like recreational right. like with friends in the summer and stuff like that. So so would you say that or what age would you have made that decision when you were like, hockey is what I want to do. This is my dream and I'm all in. Yeah. Because you said seven there and that seems quite, quite young. Yeah. For that type well, of grade, grade seven. So like seven, probably okay. like 12, 13. Okay. Um, you know, I've. Once I got to that age, I started playing, you know, I originally was playing um, in Brockville with the the Junior Braves. Um, and then I eventually moved to the RSL Kings. Um, that's double A. And then uh, I played there for three years and then moved to triple A with the Upper Canada Cyclones. So once I got to the Cyclones, kind of really when I started taking, you know, hockey 
even more seriously than I was at the time. Because you're in that competitive environment with yeah. people on the same mission as you, right? Yeah. Which is so really like, important. At the time, that was kind of the, you know, the top tier for around this area. So, um, you know, that's kind of when I saw myself, you know, maybe, you know, having a, an opportunity to have a career in this. If and I kept, you, do. you know, like keeping the level I was at and, you know, moving forward. So, um, yeah, like when I was around 12, 13, that's when I kind of really took um, things seriously and kind of started um, you know, learning about, um, strength training and like doing stuff outside of the rink that would help me, you know, accomplish that goal one day. That's awesome. And Corey, so why don't we just chat a little bit about your, a little bit more about your youth sports experience. So, you know, what did your hockey look like when you were, you know, 10, 15, 20, just kind of bring us through that journey with you a little bit and to, to your current role as a, a coach right now. Okay. Um, so my youth hockey career or not career I shouldn't call it's it a career, career. yeah yeah Why not? Path, whatever you want to call it um was was a bumpy road ups and downs for sure um i played kings uh double a starting in major adam uh the next year i got cut from double a a b played b house hockey i've been there uh <laughs> yeah it was uh it was a tough pill to swallow at first but uh i think looking back on it um, it's always something that you can reflect on and say, well, things are tough right now. Um, but I've been through this before. Now I can get back on track. Right. Uh, the following year I played a in Brockville and then made Kings, uh, minor Bantam double a, and then the year after that, um, was kind of when I started taking it seriously. Um, not seriously, but more exclusive to hockey. So how old, sorry. Um, so I'd be going into high school. So right nine. around, you know, 14, 13, 15 14, is when, okay. yeah, is when I started, uh, so I started working out in the summer, focusing more on hockey specifically. Right. Um, the year after it was the first year of AAA hockey in the Ottawa area. Um, I played for the Cyclones for a year, um, championship team that year, which was nice. You mm-hmm. get to, uh, you remember that forever. Um, and then the following year, um, I actually got cut again. Went back, played double A. Um, that year I was drafted by the Braves in the right. seventh round, I believe. Um, and then after that, I went on to play two more years in major midget triple uh, A for the Cyclones mm-hmm. um, before making the Braves. Um, I spent three years with the Brothel Braves junior A team. Um, and then I went down to the States, uh, played Division Three NCAA for Westfield State University. Um, I left after the second year. I uh, wasn't really enjoying hockey and as much um just the culture of the team and whatnot um so i took my chance and i went to carlton because i wanted to play on a strong team team that uh, had a strong culture and wanted to win Mm -hmm. um and i was fortunate enough to make carlton as a walk-on um sat in the stands for first 10 games um worked my bag off in practice uh kept working kept working finally got into the lineup um played four straight games and then uh Got a concussion. Uh, I've had previous concussions from junior hockey and my time in the States. Um, And it kind of set me back. Um, Recovery-wise, probably took me two years to get back to normal. Yeah. Um, So I decided that uh, I'd walk away from playing the game. Uh, My final year at Carleton, I was asked to help out with the coaching staff. So I was an assistant coach, um, mainly planning practices, team strategies, and stuff like that. Not a whole lot of one-on-one interaction with the players. Okay. Um, but I was an eye in the sky in the stands during the games. Right. Uh, just picking up different things that they don't see on the bench. 
Um, and then I took a year off of hockey just to focus on getting my feet set with a job and whatnot. And then this year I stepped back into coaching, um, coaching the minor Bantam AAA Cyclones with uh, my dad. So, and, and you know what, guys listening at home, Cor- Corey just explained that story to me. He's a, he's a great example of what perseverance should look like in sports because like he was talking about the ups and downs. Every elite athlete is going to have twice as many, three times as many, four times as many uh, low low points than high points. And if you don't, you're probably not in the weight room enough or you're probably not taking it seriously enough. So what I appreciate Corey opening up there about was um, the, the, the amount of ups and downs and the perseverance he had up until his concussions, obviously, because um, brain health is going to trump um, playing sports, especially when you hit the age we're at. Corey's a year older than me. I believe he's 26. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the message there is, you know, don't don't quit. Keep going. You're going to have ups and downs. I've been cut by, from more teams than I've ever made in my life, probably. Um, but I was one of those kids, and the same as Corey, who we didn't quit. We stayed true to our goal. And I wasn't particularly close with Corey growing up. I don't know much of, about him other than this podcast we're doing. But from a social media perspective, it to me, his career looked like it was constantly ups, right? You know, yeah. it looked like you were playing junior A and playing in the States and you were playing uh, collegiate hockey. So from the outside, it might look like, everyone else is having an easier go, but that's the trick about social media. So if you're a 12 or 13 year old or 14 year old girl or boy at home with a goal like this, and you feel like it's unattainable, it's not, you just have to see the big picture, understand that social media is, is, is not real life. And if you stay true to yourself and, and your goals, um, good things can happen because me and Corey are both examples of that, who maybe we were under recruited coming out of high school, but we got to both live our dreams of university athletics. So Absolutely. thank you, Corey. And Simon, why don't we just touch base a little bit about your, you know, where were you at when you were 10, 15, and, and now as a young a young man heading to Penn State uh, Division One hockey next year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, once I made the the Cyclones, uh, like I said, I played there for three years. So my last year with the Cyclones would have been my freshman year of high school um, when I was in grade nine. Um, that year, um, is when I kind of suffered my first major injury. I, I ended up breaking my jaw actually, um, closer to the end of the season that put me out for, um, you know, four months. Mm-hmm. So I missed the, the like last five, 10 games of the season. I don't think we made playoffs that year, but, um, you know, I was ended up having to, you know, recover and rehab that. Um, so that was kind of my first major blow. Um, as far as like an injury standpoint, um, I was fortunate enough that year to be drafted by the Braves. Um, um, so the, the both CCHL of you have been drafts. drafted by the Braves. That's yeah. really cool. Really cool. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I was drafted by the Braves that year. And then following that year is when I kind of was going to make a decision. Um, you know, I was kind of exploring different options as far as, you know, what I was going to do for my, you know, sophomore year in high school. Um, one of those options being, I was thinking of maybe going to prep school. Mm-hmm. in the states and you know a place that i was exploring was called south kent academy um okay. it's located in connecticut um it's like a private school for you know hockey players and you know athletes basically right. um and another place was uh actually an academy in europe called red bull academy it's yeah, like in austria yeah. it's pretty new um and it's basically like they bring in hockey players and some other ass and soccer players is their other main, um, you know, sport. And they basically train and they do all school online. It's through Blythe Academy, which is actually in Toronto. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I went over there, I flew, my parents and I 
flew over there. We took a look at it, skated a little bit, um, you know, came back and that was kind of a decision I was making. Was I, was I going to stay in town? Was I going to go to the States? Was I going to go to Europe potentially? And, you know, I ended up making the decision that I was going to go down to prep school and, um, you know, looking back, it's the best decision I've ever made. It really matured me as a kid. Right. Um, you know, I was living away from home, um, you know, had to prioritize living with, you know, without my parents and getting my schoolwork done, you know, making sure I was doing good in the rank as well, because that's kind of when the recruiting process started mm-hmm. for me as well. So, um, you know, that was a big year for me. Um, that was also my OHL draft year and my USHL draft year where, you know, I'm so in busy. USHL this year. So that kind of panned out, you know, in a positive way there. So it was a busy year and, you know, something I look back at, and I'm very glad I made that decision to go down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later that year I got drafted. Um, they're not drafted. I committed to Penn State. Um, so, you know, that was a huge step forward and, you know, planning out my future as far as school and, you know, hockey and stuff like that. So, um, fall, like during that year, we had a really strong team. Um, we were ranked consistently within the top five of the whole country. Mm. Um, and we ended up getting an at-large bid to the national championships, which were held in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, during that tournament, I ended up getting injured again. Unfortunately, that put me out for, um, another four to six months. Um, and during that time, I was actually asked to play for a team back in Canada here called the... Um, it was like team HEO, which is like hockey Eastern Ontario. Okay. And they participated in a tournament called the gold cup, OHL gold cup. And that's like up in Waterloo. And that basically puts you on the map for like hockey Canada Mm. and like playing for team Canada. So during that time period when I was injured, I missed that tournament. And that was a huge part of, you know, that was, it was pretty hard to swallow. Yeah. That's going to come back to the same perseverance accord. Exactly. Cause you know, I was already playing in the States and, you know, being in that tournament would have kind of put me on the map for, you know, hockey Canada and potentially like playing for, you know, team Canada and uh, like the U17 world the dream, challenge. Right? Yeah, exactly. The playing for your Canada um, team Canada. So, um, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow. And, you know, I was obviously away from the team for the, for the remainder of the national championships, which we ended up losing in the semifinals to the yeah. team who ended up winning it, which was very unfortunate. I was our arch rivals as well. Um, so yeah, I, I rehabbed my injury, um, you know, came back the next year with the, I came back to Brockville and played in my hometown, um, you know, for the Braves, um, junior A and, um, came back to, I went to, you know, St. Mary for my grade 11 year, um, you know, played there for the first half of the season. Um, and, really kind of didn't really start off too well in my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, really picked it up after Christmas. Um, you know, I started kind of, I'm an offensive type defenseman. Um, so like I kind of pride myself in getting points and producing right. for the team offensively a little bit as well. So, um, you know, the second half of the season is when I kind of put up those, those numbers. And unfortunately just after I was named, um, like rookie of the month for February, I hurt, my, I like, I got, I got hurt again. So I was out for another four to six months. Um, you know, that put me out for the last half of the season and playoffs again. Mm. Um, so I've stuck rehabbing all summer, um, you know, kind of missing a little bit of my training because I was, you know, trying to rehab my injury. Um, I came back the next year and that was another huge year for me. This was last year now. Um, you know, it was my first time I was eligible for the NHL draft. 
Um, you know, I, I had a really strong start to the season and was I ended up getting named to the Team Canada East team, which participated in the World Junior A Challenge, mm-hmm. and that was out in Alberta. Okay. Um, that was my first time playing for Team Canada, so it wow. kind of did work out in my favor yeah, that cool, way. But cool. um, yeah, so obviously that was a huge honor being able to represent you know Team Canada East at that tournament. So um, you know the season went on after that tournament. You know I was playing well. Um, I got invited to the CJHL Top Prospects game. Um, that was in Alberta. That was basically for all the top players in the CJHL who were eligible for the NHL draft. Okay. Um, you know, at the end of the season, I was recognized by the league um, with a couple different honors as far as awards and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, following that season, I, I trained up. I didn't end up getting drafted, unfortunately, but, um, you know, not getting drafted almost pushed me to work harder during the summer just because I knew, you know, if they were looking at me this year, there's a large possibility they could look at me again next year. Absolutely. Um, You're still eligible for the NHL yeah, draft, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. I'm still so eligible for a year. couple more years. Um, so, you know, I kept training. I trained really hard. And then this this year is when I went down to Des Moines Buccaneers in USHL. Um, so I was going to play here one more year before I um, go off to Penn State next year. Right. And um, so I went down there. And unfortunately, in my third preseason game, I got hurt again. Now. <laughs> No, for another four to six months. So yeah, fresh out of the sling. Yeah, I just want to backtrack a little bit because um, you are a little different than Corey and myself in terms of um, on the recruiting spectrum. You got more attention than us. So how did you and your family kind of navigate all those options you had to make the best choice for you? And then also just kind of touch on your shoulder injury right now that you're you're just healing up mm-hmm. from fresh out of the sling, ready to rehab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, we had a lot of help as far as you know looking at all the options. Um, it, it it came pretty early and at, when it first came uh like i first started talking to schools in in grade nine um wow um obviously they've they've changed some rules and ncaa regulations now where you can't really they can't reach out to you that early so um you know i was doing a lot of reaching out to them right and they were they were interested um so that's kind of when i start it started and at that time i didn't really know a whole lot about ncaa hockey right um it's really when i went down to the states that uh, I learned a lot more. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the that because of my teammates were all from the states and watched NCAA hockey like growing up. Mm-hmm. So they taught me a lot. And you know, during that year, um, grade ten is when they they could start talking to you. So after yeah, um, yeah. January first, if you're like grade ten year, um, the teams could start reaching out to you. So after that point is kind of when whirlwind, just yeah, attention decisions. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So. Um, if February of that year, it took me about a month to kind of, you know, lay everything out and yeah. can, from there I kind of made a decision. So, uh, it was a lot of talking to people, a lot of talking with my family, Good. um, you know, advisors and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to have a lot of people who supported me and we, we laid everything out and kind of made the best option, uh, looked at our options and kind of made that decision from there. So. Very cool. And Corey, so why don't you just give us a little insight into how you originally went down to the States to play for a year or two? Two and years, yeah. Two years and yeah. then back up to Canada. So what was the recruiting process like for you? And uh, take it away. Uh, so for myself, um, there wasn't a whole lot of contact with schools um, until I was about 20. Okay. Um, uh, just I wasn't getting the division one attention. Division one guys usually talk to schools earlier. Um, but with the division, there's no division two in hockey, but division three, um, a lot of them recruit you in your last year of junior because 
that's the end of the road for junior hockey. Right. Um, so you come out more mature and that's yeah. probably benefit to them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and because a lot of the guys are still playing junior hockey in hopes of getting that division one gotcha. uh, scholarship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys go right to some minor league pros in Europe or something like that. But um, the division three um, recruiting process is a lot different. Um, starts right at the start of the year. Cause so in the CCHL, I don't know if they still do it, but there's a showcase right at the start of the year where all the schools kind of come out and watch. Um, so start talking to teams there. Um, got a few, um, contacts. Yeah. I got a few contacts from coaches talking to you after the game, whatnot. Um, but also in that summer coming up to my 20 year old year, I send out a lot of emails to coaches as well. Um, just, introducing myself, letting them know where I'm playing, um, where I've come from my kind of my story, um, just try to pique some interest. Right. Um, but yeah, so the division three process is a little bit different. Um, obviously it's a little later on. Um, but yeah, you go on your visits, um, you check out a few schools. Um, basically what it came down to was I went to the school that showed the most interest in me, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, just because if they're showing the most interest in you, then they're, probably going to give you that opportunity, right? Right. hundred percent. Um, you don't want to go somewhere where you're not going to, not going to play, but at the same time, if you go there and you're not playing right away, you got to work harder. You got to get better. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went somewhere where I had the opportunity because, um, at the end, at the end of the, at the end of the road, my goal was after college hockey to go play in minor pro somewhere, whether it be the East coast or mm-hmm. whatever, just get a sniff, whatever, and go with it. Cause that, that's kind of how I operated my whole hockey career. I guess I got a little sniff, made the most of it, kept moving along. Um, but yeah, so, um, and then came down to the end of the year. Uh, I still hadn't made a decision, um, mm-hmm. had a few options on the table and then I decided down to go to Westfield, Massachusetts. Um, and, uh, I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm actually really happy that the both of you um, mentioned the fact that you were reaching out to schools because that's exactly what happened to me. I was playing football in Brockville where there's very minimal to no recruiting. Um, and it seems like with hockey as well, a lot of kids, they're they're all waiting to be reached out to. They all think there's going to be this magical day in grade 11 or 12 where they get a division one email saying, we want you full scholarship. That's not how this process works. So the fact that Simon, who's going division one, and Corey, who's played in the States, division three, and in Canada, they both on this podcast um, mentioned the fact that they reached out to coaches and they started the process and they started sending out emails. That's important for all you young kids and parents at home listening to this. If your child has this type of dream, because you need to take your destiny or your future into your own hands. Don't sit and wait because it happens fast. And if you don't send that email, a hundred other kids will. So if you're serious about university athletics and continuing after high school, you have to do a little bit of the work, send emails to coaches, tell them who you are, tell your story, tell them what you're doing outside of sports because they want to recruit good people. They want to recruit someone who's going to get involved with the student representative councils, who's not going to have to, they're not going to have to worry about what grades you're getting. If you're an 80 student, a lot of schools will take a chance on you just to help the team's GPA. So the the purpose of this whole rant is, you know, Send some emails out, put some feelers out, and you're going to increase your chance of, of chasing your dream for another four years by a thousand percent. So Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, I, I'm really curious to know if you've had a moment where you had that, I'm here, I've arrived, I've accomplished my initial goal. If you've had that type of moment. 
Uh, I think so. I think growing up in Brockville, I always dreamed of playing for the Braves, um, just going to games on Friday nights and whatnot. Um, so when I made when I made the roster, I felt really good about myself. Maybe got complacent for a month or two, and then <laughs> realized, okay, this isn't good enough. I want to make it to the next level. I want to go play NCAA hockey. So now I had a new goal. Right. And then once I got to NCAA hockey, my new goal was now to move on to pro. So it was more progression. Yeah. Um, but smartest way to do it. But uh, at the end of the day, obviously, being a little kid, your goal is to make it to the NHL. Obviously, that didn't happen, but I'm I'm pretty happy with how my career turned out. And I learned a lot of things that I can use for the rest of my life through sports. Yeah, sports is the the best simulation for the real world. It's uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of uh, characteristics and traits that you build through sports that can directly impact your future careers and how you're going to raise your family and all that stuff in the future. So, uh, Simon, why don't you, uh, take the wheel now? Same question. Yeah, for sure. So I think, um, you know, there's a couple key moments where, you know, there's, there's some satisfaction behind, you know, reaching that point. Um, you know, I think of when I committed to Penn state, um, when I played, my first home game for the Braves, um, you know, things like that. Um, you know, when I played for Team Canada East last year, um, you know, those, those are kind of moments that kind of stick out. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm still in the midst of it and there's still hopefully lots to come. For sure. For, um, for sure. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to keep that mindset of never stay satisfied. You just kind of want more, um, you know, and I think that's kind of, you know, something that's pushing me. Obviously, I'm, like Corey, my dream is to get to the NHL and, you know, stay there for a while. So, um, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to get there. And you are. And yeah. Simon's a kid who, uh, he's one of the only kids in this town who spends as much time as me in the weight room. He takes pride in his body. He takes care of himself. He's a fantastic role model for the younger kids in the community and outside of the community as well. Um, so Simon, last piece of advice for kids in the community and outside of the community who aspire to, uh, who look up to you and aspire to to maybe uh, be in your shoes one day? Yeah, for sure. I think at the end of the day, you just got to love what you do. Um, you know, find something that it is what you, that you like to do and, you know, do it to the best of your ability. Um, you know, understand there's going to have to be, you know, sacrifices that you make, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to look at those sacrifices as, you know, you're getting another opportunity somewhere else. So, it's an investment in yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, try to stay positive as well as you can and, and just love what you do and, you know, do it as much as you can for sure. So. All right. Awesome. Corey, anything for the community? And if you want to give Simon some advice moving forward as well, I think for any athlete, any sport, I think you always got to be focusing on getting better all the time. Cause if you're not getting better, someone else is, um, and have fun doing it. If you're not enjoying it, you're not going to put the same effort into as you would be if you were enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and always have goals. You know, I have to have goals at the start of the year for every year. Um, and keep working towards those goals to get better. Yeah, I, I really like I really like how we ended that there. Um, I think it's important to refuse to be outworked, but you got to love what you do. If you feel like you're burning out and you're a young athlete, you know maybe try a different sport in your off season. Think big picture. Um, I'm big big uh, believer in diversifying your youth sports uh, experience for a uh, you know better neuromuscular skills and a different appreciation for the different cultures each sport has to offer. So, uh, you know, we're going to wrap it up there. This was episode one of Athletic Insights. Corey and Simon, thank you so much. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yeah, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll look forward to having you back in the future. Absolutely. We out. Good job, guys. That was cool.